Well, we have nine more holes to go, so how about you two fellas follow me to the 10th tee? On to the back nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper. Two players down the middle on the 10th hole. Here's Brian and Bob. Well, thank you very much. Welcome into the back nine, hour number two of Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper with you. 25 years of golf here on Real Golf Radio. Thanks for being along. At Real Golf on X, Real Golf Radio on the other social channels and where your favorite podcasts are found. You can catch us on SiriusXM, iHeartRadio, our flagship station, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah. The American Express kicking off the West Coast Swing this week, and the players love this area, Bob. They like to take it deep. This is definitely a horse race, a race to the bottom. You got to go low or you're going to get lapped. That's how it works out there in the desert. No doubt. I mean, you got to take it deep, like you said. And one guy who did in the second round was Sam Burns. He shot 61 after shooting 66 in the first, first round. So he shot that on the Nicholas Tournament course. Also, uh, Troy Merritt, what did he shoot? He shot 64 in the second round. And uh, after only shooting two under par in the first round. So uh, nice score for him. Yeah, made a a big move climbing up the leaderboard with that one. How about checking in on a Thursday and hearing the name Zach Johnson leading after a 62 (laughs) in his opening round? I mean, Zach Johnson, let's not forget, he's not even 50 yet, right? So I think he's 47 maybe. And he's still got a few years before he gets to that Champions Tour. Obviously put a lot of time into being the Ryder Cup captain last year. And he's now, you know, got a, he's a master's champion. He's an open champion. Yeah. I mean, this guy's got all kinds of, you know, uh, resume. But he's still got some work to do here in the last few years in his 40s before he heads off into the champion's tour sp- uh, limelight, right? Yeah, it's fun to watch him and fun to see him playing uh, really well this week. It's a golf course and golf courses that he's played a lot during his career. You think like is are they generally speaking are they do they favor a guy like Zach or or is it not necessarily in other words not necessarily a bomber's paradise but you know guys that are really sharp with their wedges can get hot. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of these courses here in the desert, uh, especially at La Quinta, um, and some and maybe one of the other ones is that they've got some tree lining to them, so. Uh, it doesn't really benefit a guy who just absolutely kills it out there, but a guy that kind of gets the ball in play and can get it close to the hole. Scotty Scheffler, by the way, playing this week, 67 mm-hmm. 66. He is at 11 under par. Stay tuned. More of the back nine, including the caddy, coming up next. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Welcome back to this segment brought to you in part by Black Desert Resort. Go to blackdesertresort.com and schedule a tee time at the new Tom Weiskopf Championship Design Golf Course. You can also sign up to learn more information about the exclusive real estate opportunities available at blackdesertresort.com. The hotel and the resort proper will open up later this summer. And then, of course, PGA Tour is stopping in in October, 10th through the 13th, which is going to be fantastic. There's also volunteer information and opportunities to get involved with sponsorship by tickets to the tour event as well. Blackdesertresort.com. Gonna have enough. Yes. yes! Troy Merritt, his ninth birdie of the day. Wow. And Troy is now eight under for his round. 
And that's where he would finish after round number two, eight under par, thanks to the PGA Tour and PGATour.com for that audio. But yeah, that was Troy making a nice birdie putt on the 17th hole of the stadium course out there in the desert yep. at the American Express Championship this week. Scotty Scheffler is playing this week, 67-66. He's at 11 under par. Um, Justin Thomas is playing this week. Xander Schauffele, Tony Finau, Ricky Fowler. I mean, some really, really good names out there. Patrick Cantlay. And then Sam Burns with a stellar sizzling 61 in that second round to get to 17 under par. And they're only at the halfway point. Just a reminder, this is a three-round, then a cut. So 54-hole cut or a Saturday cut for this event and then a final round there on Sunday. But uh, this kicks off the West Coast swing. Super exciting uh, stuff going on out there in the desert. Yeah, it uh, it's always fun there because, as the caddy always says, it's like playing indoor golf where you don't have any wind or anything like that. The golf conditions are perfect. The golf courses are perfect. The green complexes are amazing, and guys just fill it up. The ladies are playing this week as well. LPGA, the Tournament of Champions out there at Lake Nona. And uh, Lydia Ko on top of the leaderboard once again. Yeah, she's at eight under par along with uh, Ayaka Faru at eight under par as well. Then you have Gemma Dryberg and Gabby Lopez at six under par. Brooke Henderson at five along with Alexa Pano. And then uh, Charlie Hull, Nelly Korda, Nasa Hataoka, Cheyenne Knight, Rosang, and Ali Ewan at uh, tied for seventh, round out the top ten at four under par. And, of course, they're playing in a an event with some celebrities as well. And yep. Annika Sornstrom and Jeremy Roenick are tied for the lead with <laughs> 75s uh, after uh, after their uh, round. And uh, let's see, who else got Derek Lowe, Jeff McNeil, uh, Aaron Hicks, Marty Fish, Michael Pena, John Smoltz uh, shot sixty four. Um, well, they're at or sixty four points. Um, sorry, points. So points. Yeah, sixty four points. They're playing that modified stable first. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I, I misspoke there. Brian Urlacher yep. playing this week. Uh, which, by the way, I, I I had a tea time with Brian Urlacher last week, mm-hmm. and it, it fell mm-hmm. through. But I'm hoping that's going to get rescheduled. Bum. Bum. Yeah, he's currently tied for 16th. It could have been a nice yeah. warm up out there at Black Desert. Ray Allen's playing out there. AJ Perzinski, uh, John Lester, Roger Clemens, Albert Pujols, um, Emmett Smith. Yeah, uh, some good names. Vince Carter. Yeah, is out there playing. Yeah. He's currently last. I hate to call you out there, Vince, but um, sorry, Vince. Yeah. Larry the Cable Guy is in 40th place. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Freaking, that guy loves he, his golf, so man. He does. No oh, doubt. Oh, man. That's good stuff. Hey, the uh, seniors are playing. I should say the champions tour is playing. And by the way, how about President's Cup, International President's Cup captain Mike Weir in a gusty wind makes a hole in one in a practice round this week i mean it was howling off the ocean the flag sticks bent in half and somehow he's able to carve it in there ball goes in the hole he filmed it all on his social media it was pretty cool stuff that's awesome and uh yeah so he gets uh, the hole in one but uh, what's the latest uh, from or what are you seeing out there in scores wise uh are they playing hualalai is that where they're playing yeah that's where they're playing hualalai and through the first round vj singh and steven alker lead at seven under par david toms at six, along with Harrison Fraser and KJ Choi. Um, let me see who else is there. Uh, Brett Quigley, Ernie Els, Steve Stricker, all at six under par also. And uh, then you've got Fred Couples and Justin Leonard, uh, Ken Duke, Stuart Sink, Rocco Mediate, Scott Parnell, 
and Mark Hensby, all at five under par. And some pretty good names also out in Dubai playing this week on the DP World Tour, including uh, an American. Did I see at the top of the leaderboard? Yep. Yeah, Cameron Young. Um, first on the scene a couple of years ago on the PGA Tour and then uh, struggled a little bit last year, but he's leading after rounds of 67-64. He has a three-shot lead over Andy Sullivan and Adrian Moronk. Okay, there you go. And in some sad news, we, we've been having some fun and talking a little bit, but we do need to mention some sad news this week. Jackie Burke Jr., uh, the oldest major champion, living major champion, passed away this week at the age of 100, nearly 101 years old, just a a week shy of being 101 years old. He was the oldest living member of the World Golf Hall of Fame um, as well. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, man, this is a guy that was buddies with Ben Hogan, Sam Snead, Craig Wood, some of these guys that, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Demerit. So 16 tour wins as well um yeah wow great gentleman uh, when whenever i met him whenever my dad inter- introduced me to him he was always really really nice just just a gentleman and people know him for being at um in houston at oh, champions golf name? club champions golf club there yeah. you go so uh yeah, Jackie Burke that's that's sad uh also another note as far as masters are concerned Bernard Longer is saying this will be his last year of playing in in the Masters at Augusta National, two-time winner. Um, and then also um, Masters champion Angel Cabrera, who was just released from uh, prison down there in Argentina a few um, months ago. He um, is invited. Fred Ridley said he can play in the Masters. Should he be able to get a visa to travel? So he's invited. He's invited. All right. There 2009 you champion. And guess who he beat? I know who he beat. Kenny Perry yeah. and Chad Campbell. Dang it. In a playoff. Yeah, I know who he beat. But, uh, hey, by the way, yeah, uh, yeah uh, back to Jackie Burke real quick. Uh, this mm-hmm. article on PJTour.com, there's a picture of Jackie Burke in 1973 as he captained the Ryder Cup. And guess who's sitting right next to him? Mm-hmm. Billy. Um, could it be Billy Casper? Papa son sitting right there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Billy right. Billy Casper. Uh, obviously Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Tom Weiskopf's in there. Um and a lot of other players. Chichi yeah. Rodriguez, can't miss him. Lee Trevino. Um yeah, good stuff. That's a great picture, by the way. Mm, 56 masters champ that's awesome hats off almost 101 it's it always is sad at the passing of a legend but for on a personal note when i hit that century mark i'm okay i don't want people to be sad at that point in time that i'm no longer around (laughs) like that's a long that's a long well-lived life that's a long time yeah hats off to uh to the, the 56 champ and the hall of famer jackie burke jr short break more of the show coming up next with america's favorite caddy You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Talking golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, and you know what time it is. There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. 
While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. You know, one of these times in our 25 years of golf, we need to talk about how we became, how the caddy became the caddy here on Real Golf Radio. Yeah. Because it's kind of as old as, almost as old as the show, the caddy. Almost, yeah. Not that the caddy himself is old as the show. He's a little over 25. Caddy, how are you? I'm feeling as old as the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey. Feel young, man. Feel young. That's all we can say. I told a tour player today who uh, really just loves playing golf, man. He just That's all he does. He just plays golf, plays golf. And I said, you know, his son's a real good player. And he and his son have actually played together in a tour event in the same group. Wow. Just pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know what? I said, you're going to do that again in a Champions Tour event. You're going to play with your son in a Champions Tour event. You're going to be 85. Teeing it up with your kid in a Champions. He's going to, I'm telling you, he's going to do it. He's going to play forever. Isn't that great? What a great game. Speaking to another tour caddy yesterday, this player player lost his card after about 11 straight years and just commiserating with how how rough it is to, to, to not be in the circuits, to not be in the show. Not be on this great West Coast swing. Segway. And it's tough, man. It's tough, but, you know, he made it to age 40, and nobody does that in any other sport. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, yeah. look, Grayson Murray, you know, Caddy, you were. That, that was a big win. You talk about, you know, guy that's, you know, we've had a couple of guys the last few weeks that, um, you know, that have really been through it, but they've persevered and, They've come out the other side, and they're winners on tour, and they're still playing. So, yeah, it's cool. It's a great sport. Inspirational stuff. Grayson Murray almost dinked me with a nine iron on the uh, seventh hole green at La Quinta when he was practicing, and I was doing some work out there. His ball bounced and went right by me, and he came up, and he was all apologizing. And <laughs> I just uh, a little bit, watched him hit it off eight, watched that one swing and said, wow, that guy's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cool to see him make that putt. 38 feet, 7 inches. And then what a uh, putt. Keegan missed Yeah, Keegan missed it from 17 feet and Ben on missed it from 4 feet, 3 inches. Dope. Mm. I I got to give a little love to my buddy Fran Rhodes who's been I've known Fran for 40 years. He's a teaching pro up at TPC Potomac and he's he's kind of become a putting coach to some of the tour players, including Grayson. So pretty cool for him to watch that putt go in. <laughs> Way to go, Fran. Yeah, that's really cool. Nice. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah, very awesome. So Hawaii wraps up. Now we move to the West Coast Swing. You you did tee it up for us. Nice segue there. So we are big fans of the West Coast Swing. We brought this up to you in the past, Caddy, but um, – when you look at the golf courses, okay, we, we can start there. And then you can talk about the history of the events and the celebrities whose names have been attached to these over the years and just the fabric of, of golf history that is woven through these events. To me, makes the West Coast swing the best swing in golf. And here are the golf courses. You know, of course, they're playing 
a multitude there in Palm Springs. Then you got Torrey Pines, Pebble and Spy, TPC Sawgrass, and Riviera. I mean, it's really tough to put a swing of golf courses up against those courses. It's spectacular. I love the West Coast swing. I love the West Coast. The desert in the winter is amazing. Tucson, Phoenix, Palm Springs. I mean, you can't go wrong with Torrey Pines in San Diego. Pebble Beach, I mean, wow. Who, That's the who's, ultimate. Who's, whose bucket list doesn't have Pebble Beach on it? Oh, it's yeah. just, ah, man, I mean. And then you've got the, the historic classic Riviera Country Club, site of many major yeah. championships, kind of Hogan's West Coast Valley, right? I mean all you want good stuff as compared to florida what were they brian for florida well you got pga national bay hill tpc sawgrass and innisbrook the copperhead course i mean it's another stretch of great golf courses pga national when it blows there it can be the hardest course on tour especially the bear trap it's ridiculous it's so hard I think that's why guys don't play it, even though they live there, is because they're scared. They're just scared. Mm-hmm. JT, well, don't be scared. Especially. Yeah. JT, let's go, JT. You've won it. Let's go. Let's play. It's in your backyard. Don't be scared. <laughs> don't be a scaredy cat. I think J, J, JT's going to be playing. If he doesn't get in those elevated events, we'll see him there. He'll be there. And um, I'm committing him right now. Um, yeah, I mean, Sawgrass, oof, all but a major championship. Innisbrook, phenomenal golf course. Hilly, the rare Hilly, Florida course. Everybody loves Innisbrook. That's a player favorite. That's one of the favorite courses on tour. Bay Hill, I mean, you've got the history. It's Arnold Palmer's tournament. Mr. Palmer, as we should say. Yeah, I mean, the Florida swing's awesome. And you got, you know, you go to the West Coast, and everybody thinks the desert is normally perfect most of the time, but it can get a little cool on the West coast. It'll get cool at Torrey. Mm-hmm. It'll get cool at Pebble. Yeah, you go to Florida and you're pretty much almost guaranteed the balmy, warm weather. And it's like, Oh, here we are. You know, spring is coming, right? Spring is coming yeah. when you're in yeah. Florida for the, West coast, for the East coast swing. And, uh, you know, it's not long till that special event in April. Mm-hmm. The Harbor Town. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're thinking. Yep, that's what we were thinking. <laughs> it is a little it, by the way, Harbor Town's a little extra special this year. It's hey, I love that place. That's one of my favorite stops on tour. Caddy had a couple of those calls. Lost, lost playoff. Lost the playoff to Bob Tway with his brother on the bag, Scotty Tway, who caddies for Brian Harmon now. They were they were Tway had gone through a real slump and he and he beat us in a playoff hit it like two feet on the 17th hole in the second or third mm. extra hole. Yeah, it was disappointing, but I was happy for him. They were crying like brothers would after something like that. It was pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, there's 20 million reasons why Harbor Town's a little more special this year. Oh, yeah. That'll get your attention. That's another course you need to go play. you got to play. It's unique. There's nothing else like it on the tour. It's it's right next door to Sea Island, but it's 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 just different. It's different. Yeah. So you're coming you know, off you come off an emotional week at the at Augusta. 
and then mm. you've got the next week heritage for twenty million. Yeah, I mean, it's a, the, the heritage always seems like a decompression week. It was a great place to go after the Masters. You drive three hours and you're there. Just don't speed through the Savannah River power plant because the Georgia cops are waiting for you. But I mean. It's just like a decompression week. It's so relaxed there. It's, I mean, I mean, it's peaceful. It's tranquil, right? You you can relax. They got, some, at Hill. they got some good food there too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of seafood, I mean Monterey, <laughs> right? Come on, come on. You just you, you had to say food, Bob. You just intentionally trying to derail this golf conversation. No. Mm. Food always surrounds golf. It does. Does our listening audience know that my entire compensation for being on the show for 47 years has been like seven dinners? I mean, they've been great <laughs> dinners, right? They really have. You know, but see, Caddy will work for food. There's no question about it. I've, I've let, oh, I've had, let the he's cat had, He's back. had a trip to Cancun, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. In fact... <laughs> I'd like to do that trip over. That was a fun trip. I don't need to I do it over. It. We just need to do it again. Yeah, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah. Maybe we hit Cabo this time, right? No Cabo. shortage of great golf courses in Cabo. No. We'll be going to Vidanta soon. Yeah. So uh, here's another one. You've got uh, Wells Fargo. That's a $20 million purse followed by mm. the PGA championship. So you're going signature into major in that one. And then in June, you go from Pinehurst and the U S open to TPC river highlands to the travelers for a signature $20 million event. So there's a couple of back to backers here where you've got legacy and history on the line for being a major championship winner, followed by a massive person, a signature event, or in the case of the PGA, there's that massive purse the week before at Wells Fargo. This leads me into a whole nother conversation about what is it really that appeals to me as a golf fan to watch a golf tournament. I was thinking, cause you think of the live, some guys going to the live, right. And, and said, well, you know, what if they got half of the top 30 guys? I'm, I'm starting to think it's not, it's not the players. Yeah. They're great. Et cetera. You, you have to have the names up there, but the history of the event is a big deal. The Memorial Bay Hill, it, it, Pebble Beach, the, just the you know the Phoenix Open, things that have been around for decades and years and years and years. There's just something about it that yeah. makes you want to watch it, no matter who's playing, right? And you can't buy history, you can't create history on purpose. It just happens, and it takes a long time to happen. And that's the thing about the tour versus the live. The live just doesn't have that. I don't know if you want to say cachet. It just doesn't have that history. And it has a lot of money, but the money just kind of, you don't care about it anymore. When If you're playing for a, a jillion every week, you don't really think too much about the money anymore, but the event. So, a jillion, yeah. huh? Just, just my, you know, the yeah. Interest- the other thing, Caddy, is you're talking about the history and you're talking about the PGA Tour and everything. 
Um, case in point of what you said, the legacy of majors and uh, tournaments and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, you think about the Ryder Cup as compared to the President's Cup. President's yep. Cup isn't even close to the Ryder Cup. You think about the Players' Championship as compared to major championships. The Players' Championship, the history and everything with that isn't close to the major championships. So there, there is definitely, um, like you were saying, that historical value, that legacy, um, everything that's gone on in the major championships and some of the events on the PGA Tour that really set the stage for professional golf. Whereas, like you said, Liv doesn't have it. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I think I think you need, uh, you know, the Liv would need a lot more good players, great players, and I, but then they're still missing that. They're missing that history part. You just you just don't have it. You don't have it. The created new events can take a while to to build. That's just how it is. So, so. let me let me flip it around. Then again, I'm not here one to argue for live, but I want to argue this point just a little bit, or at least bring up the conversation about this, what you're talking about. So you've got, you've got TPC river highlands, right? The Travelers. So it's going to be a signature event. It's going to have $20 million attached to it. They're spending that money because they are wanting the best players to play where maybe the best players have chosen not to play that event in the past. It's the week after the PG is that, uh, is that the one leading in after the U S open? And yep. so they're, they might not get the same field, but if they pony up 20 million, they're going to get this huge field coming off the U S open. So you got these stories continuing now from the U S open and these great players all there. So in that essence, can you buy history a little bit? If you have an Epic showdown because it's a signature event and, and the names involved are the ones that create that history. No, no, you, you, you do get, but, but look, uh, my opinion, the main reason we have the elevated events with 70 guys, et cetera, but the 70 to 80 guys and no cut in a way, it's nice for sponsors, TV fans, because you know, Rory McIlroy is going to be around on the weekend period. Everybody's going to be around on the weekend. That's how it is. I'll argue though. I'd rather see bigger fields than a cut in those events, because I think the cut just makes it more real. It makes it more competitive. It makes it more, and there's plenty of guys who are going to play in it that even if a few guys miss the cut, it's not a big deal. You're not going to lose any spectators. Yeah. You're not going to lose TV eyeballs. If, 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 if five of the top 10 guys miss the cut, you still got the other five and you got, there's still going to be lots of guys there. And I, I really wish they, they would go to a bigger field and a cut at those events. Um, that's my opinion. Um, but as far as buying the history, yeah, but look, the the, the people watch the elevated events. The the, spa, the fans watch the elevated events because number one, it's a good event to watch. Like Harbortown, Hartford Memorial, they're all great events to watch anyway. And maybe even more importantly, they have a great field. So you've got both things going there. It, it has nobody's watching because it's a twenty million dollar purse. People are playing because it's a twenty million dollar purse. People are not going to the live because they can play in all these events, maybe. And it, it's less of an incentive. Why, you know, why go to the live when I can play all these events kind of for the same money and stay on the tour and make my own schedule 
you know, not have a schedule made for me that I have to follow, et cetera. So the, the purses are up for the play to keep, to keep the players, but the purses don't make people watch pretty much period. Yeah. Here, the here, here's the case in point there. How many wins yeah. does Tiger Woods have on the PGA tour? 79 or 80, I think, is the number. 82. 82, right? Tied with Sam Snead. How many major championships does Tiger Woods have? 15. 15. How much money has Tiger Woods won? Well, it's going to be over $100 million or at that neighborhood, but I don't really know. That's it. That's my point. Pretty much everyone will yeah. rattle off 18 and or, or 15 and 82, but no one's going to know $129,154,766, right? Nobody, nobody cares. All right. Or what's you know what's Jack Nicklaus' official earnings? What's Sam Snead's official? Yeah, who it's the money is nice. It's just look, it was it's kind of like the match, right? The match was when the match was out there, and gosh, the winner makes nine million. That kind of makes you watch it, right? And then from that point on, it just doesn't have the same appeal anymore. You don't watch a prize fight for the money. You watch for to watch Mike Tyson fight, right? It's it's the money just. How much? How much is the bonus for the winning Super Bowl team? Anyone? Yeah, no, I have no idea. Yeah, no, it's blue. <laughs> you don't watch the NFL for the fact that a quarterback's making two hundred million or something. You just watch. You watch for the competition for the history. You know why is a playoff event more compelling to watch than a regular season game? Because of the history, it's a bigger event, right? It has nothing to do with money. It's just a bigger, more important event. Just like this tour event's more important than that tour event. This major's more important than that tour event or something else, right? That's the Libs problem, is the tour just has this great history behind it, and that's hard to match. You know, Caddy, you were just talking about playoff events. You know, the the whole thing we focus around on the playoff events are that little red and green um, logo next to the player's name is he inside the cut line to advance to the next week or is he outside the cut line and if he makes a birdie is he going to jump in or if he makes a bogey is he gonna is he gonna jump out that kind of thing so like you said it's the historical value and what's important to make sure that these guys get their way along and then get into that final 30 for the tour championship at the end of the year and you are thinking about the money when the two guys come down the stretch because it's a big difference, right? I mean, it's like eighteen yeah. million or something. I mean, it does come into play. It is kind of cool, but the reason it's cool on tours because it doesn't happen every week. Right, it's once in a once in a blue moon, and that makes it more special. When you're when you're winning a ton of money every week, it just glosses over and it doesn't matter anymore. There's no excitement to it. So. I mean, it'd be like eating a steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It sounds good until the third day in, and then you're like, I don't even want to eat a steak anymore, right? And now you've heard a great thing. I saw, so, I saw yeah, a video everything. of a guy that ate uh, only Costco hot dogs for an entire week. I saw that. He lost weight. Oh. Yeah. $1.50 lost weight. with a drink. <laughs> I mean, I you know, and, and along with that, Caddy, along with what you just said, Okay, the, the whole PGA Tour and your exemption status and everything used to go off the money list. And then when the FedEx Cup came into it, not long ago, it, went to, it started going to points. The money list is, doesn't matter anymore. So the amount so of money the, that they're making 
doesn't matter. It's their FedEx Cup points that they win on week-to-week basis that allows them to move along and get into the Tour Championship at the end. Exactly. The um, here, Here's the best way. To look. Here's a real simple way to end this, if anybody would debate this. Has anyone in the history of the world ever watched a guy miss a putt to win a major and say, wow, that cost him uh, $600,000? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you say he lost the Masters. Not that he, oh, man, that cost him a ton of money. No, you don't even... That, that thought never even enters your mind because you know it didn't cost him six hundred; it cost him six million. <laughs> By the way, and Miss Putt, yeah, right, because of career future implications. But, but nobody talks about that. It's just all you said was, oh, "Yeah, how how many kids right now? When we were all growing up, this is a putt to win the U.S. Open, right? Or I got a putt to win. You dream about that kind of stuff, right? And yeah, I mean, when I hear an eight-year-old kid going, this is a putt to win the live event in Chicago, then things will have changed. <laughs> or this is a putt to win, you know, $4 million or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that I know when I was growing up, it, it wasn't about it wasn't about the money. It was about, man, wouldn't it be cool to play the PGA Tour? Dying to play the PGA Tour, how cool would that, you know? So, Bob, you know what that's like. <laughs> yep. It's, it's, it's the dream, man. It's the goal of everybody who's pretty good at golf. So. By, by the way, Gary Player uh, sits at number 467 on the career money list at $1.834 million. Well, you know, and this just goes to show you, Brian, that I have won 132 major championships around the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you'd think I'd be better compensated for this. But, well... I'm sorry. There's That's a guy. I'm... There's a gentleman named Mike Stanley who uh, is just ahead of you in the money list. Houston Cougar Mike Stanley. He oh, was yeah. a good dude. Yeah, he was. He was out there when I started out there, and uh, good player. Yeah, nice, nice guy. We we played a lot of practice rounds with Mike Stanley when I was caddying. I remember him well. I knew you would. I was going to go to Richard Zokel because I know Richard Zokel, but he's too ahead I, of I Gary played Blair. in college with him. I know. That's why, I, yeah. There so speaking of Mike Stanley. Uh, really? You have a Mike Stanley story? <laughs> one of, well, kind of. Great, great four-spotting story. So we call them, they're called Monday qualifiers now, but we used to call them four-spotters because there were four spots available on a Monday, say for the farmers, right? And Tori, you, you play Monday and uh, it's four guys make it. And Well, they had to split up the courses one time here in San Diego. And there were three spots at one course. And for some reason, one spot at the overflow course, smaller field at the overflow. So my buddy, Pat Burke's playing and he's in the middle. He's got a tee time like at 10 a.m. or whatever. He's one under at the turn. He makes the turn. He looks at the scoreboard. First guy in, John Adams. Remember John Adams? Guy who hit it real long, yep. hit it real good, big guy. First guy in, sixty-one in a one spotter. You got to shoot sixty-one. <laughs> you shoot sixty-two and go home. So Berkey's one under on the Ted pole, and it's about you know it's, now it's like one o'clock or something. And he's playing with Mike Stanley, and he hits it in there like he, he's over his second shot, and he says, "Mike, if I don't hold this, can you pick up my ball? I'm just going to turn around and beat the traffic to go home." <laughs> 
He's figuring he's mathematically eliminated if he doesn't hold his second shot. And he hits it like he hits it like eight feet from the hole. And Mike goes, "I got it," and he turns around and he leaves. <laughs> mathematically eliminated. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's a good one to end on, Caddy. Great stuff, man. We appreciate you sharing that. Who who knew little Mike Stanley would uh, lead to that great story? So that's awesome. Good to be with you, Caddy. We'll see you next week, bud. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That's the Caddy. Story time with the Caddy. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned. More Real Golf next. Now, back to Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, hope you enjoyed that extended conversation with America's favorite caddy. They did throw the clock off just a little bit, but we will catch up. Hey, wanted to uh, give a shout-out to my favorite lady golfer, uh, Nellie Corda, who, along with her sponsor, TaylorMade, is going to host an all a new all-girls invitational for the AJGA. The inaugural event is called the Nelly. It's going to be played at Concession Golf Club in Florida. It's a 54-hole stroke play event that will feature 66 of the world's top girl junior golfers and will be taking place May 3rd through the 6th. So uh, super cool. Way to go, Nelly. I love that. Inspiring and uh, growing the game and hosting that event. So uh, shout-out to... Uh, Nelly and Team Taylor made for making that happen. Uh, really cool stuff. Uh, loved it. Love to see it. And the ladies again. The Hilton Grand Vacations Tournament of Champions going on this week at Lake Nona. Lydia Ko and Ayaka Faru tied for the lead after two rounds at eight under par. Bob and I are celebrating 25 years of golf, and as we thought about it, with the West Coast Swing going on this week, a memory popped up several years ago of going and supporting and watching and cheering for Dave Schneider from Fujikura Golf. He was the president of Fujikura, and he was playing, uh, got, a, got an exempt, not an exemption, I think he qualified, right? Yeah, he played his way in. Yeah, yep. to play. And then I, if I remember right, he played with Arjun Atwal. I don't know why that stands yes, in my that's mind. Correct. Is that right? That's correct. That's yep. wild. Yeah, so we were yeah, there with I the, remember going and watching, watching him play, but uh, more important was their, the way they helped us to start our radio show 25 years ago with Pete Sanchez and Dave Schneider. Um, and those guys have always been great for us with Real Golf Radio. Yeah, there's no question. Fujikura was a valued partner early on. They were the first ones to give us a shot when we started syndicating the show. And uh, we'll always be appreciative and big fans of what Fujikura has done. That was back in the speeder 757 days. And, yep, uh, yep. and, and they've come a long ways with uh, so much great technology. Um, including, uh, in fact, that they have a new one uh, coming out next month. So the PGA show, they're going to be announcing a new, a new shaft. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, Dave wow. Schneider, way to go, buddy! A little shout out, a little memory, watching the farmers and watching you out there competing with the best of the PGA Tour. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the thing about Dave is the guy hits it a long ways, man. He does. Yep. I mean, he had to- a great amateur tour players length. too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so. Long, 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 long. So. All right. There's a memory of 25 years of golf, uh, one that sticks out. Uh, love. You know, we've had a chance to play at Torrey Pines several times, part of U.S. Open Media Days mm-hmm. and, and taking some clients and going down, just playing with some buddies. It's always a tough golf course, great golf course, but tough golf course, that south course there at Torrey Pines. All right, we got to take a break. We're catching up on our breaks. We'll wrap up the show next. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. 
Talking Golf with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. One day you'll get it. Here's Brian and Bob. Hey there, Brian and Bob back with you. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks to the caddy. Thanks to Jason Finley of Callaway Golf for breaking down golf balls with us. Hey, next week is the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando, so there's always going to be new products and uh, new technologies and things that are going to be out there. So uh, we'll give you our uh, best coverage of that coming up next week. Stay tuned for it. By the way, so far this season, Chris Kirk, Grayson Murray, who's going to be winner number three of the 2024 season on the PGA Tour. Also anxious to see if Lydia Ko hangs on there at the Tournament of Champions in Florida on the inaugural LPGA event of 2024. So lots of Lots of good golf. We're underway, huh, Bob? Here we go, 2024, man. Yeah, we are underway. I'm excited about it. I'm also excited to hear some of the good good stuff at the PGA Merchandise Show and some of the some of the dud stuff, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, there's always good dud stuff out there. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Again, be sure to follow us your favorite podcasts are found for Dave Glauser and Bob Casper. I'm Brian Taylor. 25 years of golf continues. we got a couple in the books and more to come. We'll see you next week right here on Real Golf Radio. <laughs>